0: Wonderful. It is such a pleasure to be back with you this morning. Uh, Bobby Blake uh, gave uh, Scott my name, uh, and uh, he emailed me and asked if I would be willing to preach this Sunday while he's at the replant conference, and he said, by the way, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount, and for this Sunday, we will be covering divorce And I quickly emailed him back and said, uh, I think I'll skip that one. I'll let you handle that when you get back. And uh, I will skip down to the end of the fifth chapter. And uh, he emailed me back and said, well, that'd be good. What about uh, preaching on loving your enemies? And I said, that's exactly what I was planning on preaching. So uh, here I am. So I know you're probably already prepared for that sermon on divorce, but uh, you'll have to wait one more week. Uh, matter of fact, Bobby Blake texted me this morning. Said he's praying for you this morning. He wants to send you his love and uh, and that uh, he's been praying for you and he's praying with you. And we're excited to be here. I'm glad to have my wife with me today, Georgia. We on the 17th of July celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary, and uh, she's put up with me for quite a long time. That's the reason she is such a saint. But anyway, uh, this morning's message is entitled Love Without Limits, and we're going to be looking at uh, Matthew 5, verses 43 through 48 this morning. Uh, let me go ahead and read that for us, if you will. Uh, Jesus is uh, sharing this with uh, during, on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those that love you, what reward will you get? Are Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today for your word because it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword able to divide asunder bone and marrow, and it digs deep down into the recesses of our heart. Father, may today your Holy Spirit open up our eyes that we may see Jesus high and lifted up, that we may hear from him speak to us and how we are to love and what kind of love that is and what are the principles laid out in this passage that dictate kingdom love. Help us today, love as you love, Lord Jesus. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As you've been going through with Pastor Scott the uh, Sermon on the Mount, I'm I'm sure that you realize that Jesus in his teaching is trying to correct some things, trying to to correct some false thinking, trying to correct some false way of living, trying to correct some false theology that has been taught down through the ages. Because over and over, you hear him say, you have heard it said, but. I say something different than that. It's very clear through the Sermon on the Mount that that happens. Uh, When I'm preaching at our church at Harvest and when our pastor preaches, we have this one thing that we say, this is the one thing I want you to take from this passage of Scripture. And the one thing I want you to take this morning from this passage is that Jesus provides us with an ideal prescription of what love without limits looks like. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we learn to love the unlovely and the hurtful and the haters without limits. This morning, I want us to think about that for a few moments. There was a reporter who interviewed a man who turned 100, and he asked him, what are you most proudest of in these hundred years that you have lived? And he said, oh, that's easy. I don't have an enemy in the world. The reporter thought, what a beautiful thing. What, how inspirational is that for, to go to live this long and not have an enemy in the whole world? And this centurion says, yep, I've outlived every one of them. <laughs> well, there's a Baptist pastor named Peter Miller who was from a small town in Pennsylvania, and he lived during the American Revolution. And there was also another man that lived in the same town that he lived in. His name was Michael Whitman. And Michael Whitman was an evil-minded sort of man, and he gave Pastor Miller the hardest time. He opposed him on every turn. He humiliated the pastor every chance that he could. He made his life miserable, as it were. One day, Michael Whitman was arrested for treasons and sentenced to death. Pastor Miller got wind of it, and he says, Well, thank goodness the Lord took care of that guy. I don't know how much more I could stand. But then he remembered this passage in Matthew chapter 5 where it says that we're to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And it convicted him, and he said, God, oops, I missed that one, didn't I? So he decided to walk 70 miles on foot to Philadelphia to plead for the life of this man. He asked General George Washington if he would request would, would uh, pardon this man. And he said, Pastor Miller, I cannot grant you the life of your dear friend. And the pastor laughed out loud and said, my friend, he is my bitterest enemy. And Washington said, what? You would walk 70 miles to save the life of an enemy? He said that, Washington said, that puts it in a different light. Therefore, I will pardon this man. That day, Peter Miller went home with Michael Whitman, not as an enemy anymore, but as a friend. This act of love by Reverend Miller showed us the difference between merely hearing the Word of God and doing the Word of God, truly an example of love without limits. So it's important that we understand the tremendous difference between love in action and going through the motions and being doers of the word, and not just merely hearers. You see, the question is, will we choose to respond to Jesus' example and standard of love without limits, or and how we treat others, whether they are unlovely, whether they are disrespectful, or whether they are hurtful toward us. Jesus gives us an ideal prescription on what love without limits requires. First of all, love without limits, requires us being gentle and full of grace when disrespected. It's really easy to love your neighbor when they're nice, when they're quiet, (laughs) and when they keep to themselves. It's even harder to love a neighbor who's noisy and loud and a busybody and wants to know everything that's going on at your house. What we say in the South is they are all up in your business, and we really don't like it, do we? That's the hardest thing. But there's something even harder. That's to love your enemies. Not just a nosy neighbor, but to love your enemies is the most difficult thing we can do. And those who treat you unjustly for no reason at all, those who are downright mean toward you and me, we have a hard time looking at those people with eyes of love. Yet Jesus, in this passage, is correcting the logic and the teaching and beliefs that were common in his day and time. He said, you've heard it said, or you've heard it taught, or you've seen it in action, but I tell you, there's a better way. It's a kingdom way. It's God's way. And Jesus is saying to us that you may want to love your neighbor, and you probably do. You may want to be unkind to your enemy, and... That's the way the world works. But Jesus says, I have a better way than that. As if loving our neighbors was not enough, he goes on to say we are to love our enemies. And then Jesus takes it a step further. He says, not only are you to love your enemies, but you are to pray for them. It's hard enough to love those that are unlovely. But Jesus says, now you've got to pray for them. Wow. Listen carefully to what Romans 12, 20 says. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on on their head. Now, that's what we want to do. We want to heap burning coals on their heads, don't we? Well, that's not what Jesus was really saying. What Jesus was really saying is, when they do wrong to us and we love them and meet their needs, it will stop them in their tracks and it will cause them to be hot as a $6 pistol because they do not expect anyone to treat them that way that they hate and they disrespect. One summer evening, there was a truck driver who stopped at a truck stop to get something to eat. And the waitress took his order and brought his food over to him, and she set it down in front of him, and when she did, three no-good, roughneck, motorcycle gang members walked up and began harassing him. Not only did they do that, but one of the guys picked up his hamburger and took a bite out of it. The other guy grabbed a handful of french fries and started eating on them, and the other motorcycle guy picked up his coffee and began to drink it well this truck driver got up from his seat took his bill off the counter went and paid at the register and walked out of the restaurant without saying a word when the waitress came back over from after taking his money that the motorcycle guy said to her well he wasn't much of a man was he And she replied, I don't know about that, but he's sure not much of a truck driver because he ran over three motorcycles on his way out of the parking lot. Well, that's not quite what Jesus was trying to teach here. The real principle here is that Jesus is addressing how a child of God should respond to blatant acts of disrespect, like the motorcycle guys. In fact, he's telling us to stand up against such disrespect. With great strength and wisdom and effectiveness, it is called love without limits, even when we are not loved by others. You see, as Jesus proved for all eternity that on the cross, radical love defeats blatant disrespects when he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. You see, at any moment during Jesus' beating and flogging and having a crown of thorns placed upon his head and his nails driven through his hands and his feet, he could have come, called down 10,000 angels and wiped out every single person that was disrespecting him. Yet he looked up to heaven and said, Father, forgive them. <laughs> they really don't know what they're doing. That's truly love without limits. You see, it is communicating to those who disrespect you and those who come against you that you may think you're hurting me, but you really don't know that I'm not the one who has the power to bring judgment against you. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord of hosts. And you see, our reaction usually a lot of times is not in love, but is in run over motorcycles. (laughs) Our reaction many times is to get even and not love the person. A number of years ago, we, after Georgia and I got married, we uh, lived in an overhead apartment, uh, over a garage apartment, and we finally bought our first house in Memphis. And after a few years, we bought a house out in the country. We were going to the country life, we were, we were on a farm, you know, we were, we're country people. And it was, a, it was an old run-down house that a, a carpenter had that nothing was fixed on it. <laughs> and uh, we, it, we had about a half an acre and a little pond in the back. Well, shortly after we moved in, we had septic tank problems. And we called septic company, and they came out, pumped out our septic tank, and did the job, gave the bill. My wife paid the bill, and I got home, and I said... How much was uh, the bill for the septic tank? And she told me the amount, and it was twice as much as they had said. And so I gave them a call and said, uh, what's going on here? And they said, oh, we we, we pumped out 1,000 gallons out of your septic tank. And I said, that's funny. We have a 500-gallon tank. And they said, oh, no, we pumped out 1,000 gallons. And I asked my wife, how many loads did they make? They had a 500-gallon truck. She said, oh, they only made one. He cut our bill a little bit. I was really not happy about that. But about a few weeks later, I found out that somebody firebombed his truck. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord Host, You see, we don't have to get even. We just have to love unconditionally without limits. You see, we recognize that a lot of people are not born again and they come out at us, at anger, but we who are born again must come back to them with love, loving them instead of retaliation, instead of getting even. Well, the second thing that Jesus teaches us about love without limits, it says, love without limits covers a multitude of sin of others. You see, 1 Peter 4, 8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. I found this in a modern translation from Proverbs 12, 10, 12. says, love can overlook a lot of stuff and accept folks as who they are, lost and in need of a Savior. We all know that only Jesus can forgive sins, but love covers a multitude of sins. You see, those who are lost and sinners act like sinners. Do you realize that? (laughs) That's the way they're at. I've done a lot of counseling over the years with people who've talked to me about their wives, their husband, or their children, and they start telling me, I can't believe how they're acting. I can't believe how they're living. I can't believe what they're doing. And I say, are they Christians? I say, well, no. And I say, well, they're just living like they're supposed to because they don't know any better. They're sinners. They're lost. They're outside of Christ. What Jesus is saying is that if we just love like those that love us, we're no better than the unbelieving world. No better than those who do not know Jesus. Even the unbelieving world loves those that love them. He goes on to say, How hard is it to love someone who does nothing but love you in return? It takes no energy to love the lovable. We have no reward from our Heavenly Father from doing what comes naturally. He says even the evil IRS tax collectors in Jesus' days love the lovable. You know, it had, nothing's changed for 2,000 years. IRS people are, are still despised, aren't they? You see, even the crooked people in Jesus' days that extorted money from the poor every single day love those that love their little crooked hearts. Back in the South, we used to, if you can't see anything good about a tax collector, say, well, bless your your heart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The world says prayers differently than we do. The world may say a prayer like I've heard many years ago that goes like this, Lord, bless me, mine, and ours, and forget the rest. That's the kind of prayer the world prays. Or what about this prayer? You get all you can, can't all you get, sit on the lid and forget the rest. That's the attitude of the world. It's not what Jesus said, but it's what the world says. You see, we are to be kind to one another. We are to be considerate to one another. We are to welcome one another as Jesus would. You see, if we're only kind and considerate to those that love us and those who welcome us, how much influence are we going to have to carry out the biblical command to be kind one to another and love our neighbor as ourselves and to evangelize the whole world? And to take it one step step further, how are we to show brotherly love to strangers? I used to hear this phrase growing up. You don't want to associate with them because they're not our kind of people. Have you ever heard that before? We don't associate with them because they're not our kind of people. Well, I was a kid and I heard that and I used to think to myself, whoa, what kind of people are they? I thought people were people. But according to the adults that were saying this, they undoubtedly knew a different kind of people than I did. You see, the Pharisees didn't associate with certain kind of people. Remember in the New Testament? And guess what kind of people those were? They were sinners in the eyes of the scribes and Pharisees. But what kind of people did Jesus come to show his love to? He says, I didn't come for those who are healthy and think they're well. I came to those who were sick and sin sick. And that's the kind of people we're to be associated with. Remember the scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, 13, verse 2 says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. By doing so, people have showed hospitality to angels without knowing it. Have you ever thought about a stranger that you meet that that might be an angel? Have you ever thought about that? How often do you... Meet somebody for the first time and say, are they angels? Or, And then after you've met them for a while, you know good and well they're not angels. They're something else. <laughs> Maybe on the other side of the spectrum. When I was going to college, I went to Western Baptist University. And it was Western Baptist College when I went. And then it turned to Western Baptist University. And then it turned to Western Baptist something else. And now it's Corbin College. But I went to college in Salem in, at Western Baptist and I used to drive from Dallas to Salem and then we moved to Corvallis and I started a church there and so I drove from Corvallis to Salem every five days a week and I used to pitch up, pick up hitchhikers, that was before the times we live in now, I wouldn't dare pitch up a hitchhiker, I was by myself so I felt comfortable picking up a hitchhiker and I, when I picked them up I thought I have a, a captive audience. And I began to witness to every hitchhiker <laughs> that I picked up. I thought, if they're going to be in my car, get a ride, and you burn up my gas, they're going to hear about Jesus. Well, one day I picked this guy up, and he, he looked really scraggly. He had long hair, and his clothes was kind of tattered. And I began to witness to him. And we hadn't gone very far till he said, I think you need to let me off here. So I pulled off to the side of the road and let him out, and uh, he shut the door, and as He began to walk away. I looked in my side mirror and didn't see anything. I looked in my rear view mirror and didn't see anything. Didn't see him. I looked in my driver's side mirror and didn't see him. And I turned around and I didn't see hiding the hair of this guy. And I thought, Lord, did you send an angel to me for me to witness to just to see if I was going to be obedient to you? I really don't know, but he disappeared. So we need to show love to strangers because we may be entertaining angels. Did you hear about the poor man who fiancé broke up with him right before they were to get married and later received a letter of apology and desire to reconciliate? And the letter went something like this, Dear Jimmy, no words can express how much unhappiness I've felt since I broke off our engagement. Please say that you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. Please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Marie. P.S., congratulations for winning the state lottery. You see, it's easy to show love to someone, isn't it? Even though you've broken their heart. Anyone can offer love just about to anyone they know. They don't really have to do anything because what's necessary or expected. It's utterly more. It, it takes more energy to give love to those who, like Marie, was not lovely at one time, but now is. But that's not love without limits, is it? Jesus however, teaches us while that while we we may be well and and. Uh, that we may treat people well even though they're enslaved with, by sin. We are free from the Holy Spirit and we have and filled with the Holy Spirit to show people love and extend love without limits. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10.31, Therefore, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. That is even loving those who don't love us again, as Jesus was on the cross, radical love without limits always gives above and beyond what is simply and necessarily expected. Jesus gave him his life freely, even though the world hated him. And John, it says, he came to his own and his own received him not. He had every right to be upset with the world, yet he loved them with an everlasting love. Then thirdly, Love without limits comes from the Father who is perfect. Wow. That last verse is powerful. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's saying to us, we have to be perfect. Is that possible? Not in and of ourselves. But if we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we love without limits to everyone, not just those who are lovely, to those who are disrespectful and those who are hater we are more like the father doing that than any other time and that's perfect love of God these verses essentially summarize the principle of radical love without limits that Jesus has been laying down anyone can go through the motions and love those who who tend to care for us but that's not really radical love the love of Jesus, nor what Jesus expects from us. Unconditional love is what he expects from us. Agape love, love that says, I love you because of who you are. But most of the time, the world says, I will love you if you do certain things. If you do this and do that, I will love you. It's That's love if. God says, we love because he first loved us and gave himself as a ransom for our sins. The idea of the word perfect here is the word Greek word telos, which means one of complete fulfillment. When we love the world as Jesus loves the world, as w- if we see the world as Jesus sees the world, as we minister to the world as Jesus ministered to the world, and as we care for the world, the people of the world, as Jesus cared for the people of the world, his love flows through us and it is a complete fulfillment of His command that we are to love one another. In other words, Jesus is saying here that every Christian should be unrelenting in their desire and goal of living out the character of God in such a way that we are perfectly show God's love to everyone. That unchanging character, unconditional a love. Love even though it's not deserved. Love even though it is not merited. Love even though we're shaking our fist in the face of God. He loves us. He, in the Old Testament, it says, For I have loved you with an everlasting love. How can we show perfect love without limits? It's by t- treating others as Jesus would treat them. It's going the extra mile. When someone asks you to go one mile, you go two. When someone asks you for your coat, your shirt, you give them your coat. You see, it's going over and beyond and above what is required. You see, the Pharisees found out that it was impossible to please God by human efforts. Listen to what is said in Romans chapter 8 beginning with verse 3 verse 4. For what the law was powerless to do, it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his only son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be sin offering. So he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. See, the flesh profits nothing. The flesh caused us to be alienated from God, but God, through Jesus Christ, fulfilled the law so that we can love without limits. Anyone can love as the world loves, even at its best. Who today will commit to live the radical love of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, in every circumstance, to everyone, no matter how disrespectful, no matter how hurtful, and no matter how hated. It can't be done in our own flesh. It can only be done through the power of the living God. You see, what Jesus is teaching is kingdom love, godly love agape love. At our 50th wedding anniversary celebration, we had it on the 18th, the day after our anniversary, we had a band that came and played at our celebration, a 60's band. They were all Christians. They they all went to uh, Calvary Chapel in Cottage Grove and their pastor was the leader. of this band and they sang 60's music that George and I grew up with and uh, one of the songs I believe they sang the Beatles song, uh, "All, All You Need Is Love. Some of you may remember that song back in the 60's. It goes like this, all you need is love, all you need is love, 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 all you need is love. And they were right. They were exactly right. That's all you need. But you need the right kind of love. The kind of love Jesus taught here in Matthew chapter 5. All we need is kingdom love so that we can love without limits. This morning I I trust that God has convicted your heart. I'll just be honest with you, this passage touched me. Sometimes when your preacher prepares a message, it touches his heart more than it does your own. Truth and advertisement, as I was preparing for this sermon this last week, God convicted my heart of something that I I have to deal with. And I asked him, Lord, I can't deal with this. In Eugene, Oregon, we have a tremendous homeless population. And because of the homeless population, they tend to camp out wherever there's a a place. Any open space, there's tents pop up and there's trash everywhere. Our end of town, we drive down River Road and there's tents on either side and there's trash everywhere. I have a a hard time with it. I had to just confess it to God. I said, God, I don't love these people like you do. I don't have the heart for these people like you do. You're going to have to do it through me. Even though they've never done anything to me, I just don't like all the trash. I don't mind the tents. The trash is what really, it's made our city just really unlovely. And as I walked, I said, God, you're going to have to give me a heart, the kind of love that I'm going to preach about on Sunday, to me, for the homeless population. And I got real convicted. And I trust today there's probably someone or something in your heart and life that needs to come under the umbrella of kingdom love. So this morning, may just right where you are, do we have a song of invitation? Right where you are, just ask God, is there someone or something that I need to place before you that I'm not loving like you want me to do? Christ in me, the hope of glory, Christ in me to love as Jesus loves. Let's pray together. Before I do, thank you for the opportunity to be with you this morning. I trust God's special blessing upon you this week. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word because your word teaches us and corrects us and rebukes us and instructs us. Lord, I pray today that we can go from this place encouraged to love as Jesus loves, to see as Jesus sees, to have compassion as Jesus has compassion for the sins of the world. Luke 19.10, Jesus said, The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. And the last time I checked, it was every single person that ever walked this earth besides the Lord Jesus. I pray, God, today that we would see uh, people as potential church members and people of God, that we would love them, even though they're living just like the world lives, that we could uh, compel them because of our love to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Thank you for this time of worship together. Pray, God, that you would just use this congregation in a mighty way. Pray for Pastor Scott Stewart, Lord, and you pray you'd use him in a mighty and powerful way as this church moves forward in this community.